driving digital transformations in their organizations, data-driven and future-fit digital HR leaders. This is your host, Jay Polaki, and my guest today is joining us all the way from Seattle, Ritesh Daryani. He's the Global Head of People and Culture, uh, Global Vice President of People and Culture at Edifex. And I'm so happy to have you on the show today, Ritesh, how are you doing? I'm doing really good. I'm so happy to be here too. Thank you. Thanks for inviting actually. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Um, so Ritesh, you know, you and I have been talking for quite some time before I invited you as a guest. Um, you've been at the forefront of this digital transformation for a very long time. You've been doing this, I guess, most of your career. Tell us a little bit about your experience in the human resources uh, industry, so to speak. Um, my personal self. So I have... Uh, um, I, there's a fact which I wanted to share is that um, I actually share the same profession as my wife. Actually, my wife is also an HR professional. Uh, we met actually in the college and then, you know, you know I later got, got, got married. Um, I have actually um, two kids, uh, 13 and uh, 11, uh, sorry, 17 and 11. Um, so that's, and I have two dogs, which we really, really play, enjoy playing with. Uh, but professionally, if you look at it, um, I actually uh, thought about my career when I was, you know, you know, pretty young, and how should I design and think about, you know, building my career. And what I did was, um, for first eight to nine years, um, deliberately, I, you know, worked in COE functions. So I actually did recruiting, I did learning, um, I also did a, a business manager role, supporting head of HR. Um, I also, you know, ventured into technology. I was an SAP consultant, actually. Um, at one point in time, and I was, you know, working in Memphis, uh, Tennessee in 2002. And, you know, we were doing SAP implementation, moving from mainframe to five. I did those specialist roles early in my career. And the whole goal for that was that um, once you know these specialist functions, it will be easier. And, and I, as a leader, I'll be more effective. And in future, I take other HR business partner roles or I do a leadership role, which the kind of role which I am doing today. Um, so that really, really helped me. Um, apart from that, if you look at uh, the kind of companies I worked, um, it was not by design the way I deliberated on my, uh, you know, how I should build my career in the HR space. But uh, first 13 years of my career, I focused working with IT consulting and services companies. So I worked with companies like IBM, CSC, um, you know, Infosys, and those companies is all about scale and how do you bring do a lot of HR things, but always think about how you're going to scale it to the larger, because it's all about uh, people in, in the services and the consulting uh, company. So that was a great experience, 13 years, and I learned a lot. Um, but I moved to Expedia uh, after those 13 years and worked in e-commerce. Uh, this was my first uh, consumer company. Um, majority of my life has been, you know, before Expedia and after Expedia has been an enterprise company. So um, uh, so I worked with Expedia. I really enjoyed it. I was in their headquarters in Bellevue. Um, I actually did two stints of HR business partner. One, the first one was in the CTO 
organization and second uh, an organization called e-commerce platform um so that's amazing but about five and a half years back i edifex happened uh, and i i joined edifex and um, i continue to really enjoy i have a very very good team here um and so uh, i am i do this job it makes easy for me because i the kind of people i have in my team uh, so um so that has been my you know last little more than 20 years i have also worked in Uh, you know, I have not lived in many countries, but I have worked in many countries. So during my, for example, uh, my Expedia days, I my role was truly global. Uh, the, the leaders I was supporting, uh, we had employees in you know thirty different locations, thirty um, different countries actually. Um, and I really enjoyed this global. Though sometimes it could be a little bit taxing that you have meetings morning and evening, but I have really enjoyed my uh, you know global experience and. Uh, Lastly, um, I have also worked in two countries. I started my career in India and worked there for about um, eight years or so, my early career, and then I moved to US, where I've spent about fourteen years. Um, you know, it has given me a lot of you know good insights working in two different cultures. And um, if you know India, India actually has multiple cultures, not just one. So, <laughs> uh, so it's this diversity of you know experience as well as diverse has given me a lot of diversity of thoughts. to be a successful leader so how has this pandemic kind of you know helped you foster the human connection at work and also kind of been a challenge for you to foster that yeah if you i think look back in my career i've gone through a little bit of you know financial ups and downs which which happened in environment in the past you know i was part of when dot com happened and you know, i've seen 911 and you know, including financial crisis too Uh, but covid has been very unusual this is one uh, you know thing which has happened to the world which is so global like you know in a financial crisis also i think a lot of you know things happened um, which impacted a lot of organization but the scale was so different as compared to what happened in this and you know it you know there are two, more than 200 countries in the world if you don't ask and try to research you know this pandemic has impacted you know quite a bit of uh, um if i come back and see how we as a company at edifex handled the situation um uh, we are actually a very remote company uh, i think especially in us and you know, we are in three regions we are in eastern europe we are in india as well as in us our us workforce is quite quite actually they have they have experience in working in remote environment so our transition was quite uh, quick uh, we did not see much impact on our business we did not see much impact on our deliverables um, but in other regions where like india or eastern europe uh, majority of our workforce used to work from, work from you know office and they had to transition and the infra- infrastructure is quite different in those countries at home so i think we have to little bit adjust to and employees have to little bit adjust to that environment um but overall i think we were we handled the transition because our leadership is actually very very strong um and they have were able to you know bring everything together and everybody you know you know we work very closely as a leadership team so we were able to come together and able to deliver what is required for our customers and employees and everybody else um specifically from hr perspective we made some changes and definitely when you're moving you know doing an in person uh, you know you have an hr function and suddenly it moves uh, to a remote environment we had to adjust almost all of our programs so 
um, starting from recruiting, uh, you know, we started taking decisions and doing interview during using Zoom. Um, we also started, you know, uh, you know, if you look at it, you know, in in the past, we were, you know, you have an on-site interview and the candidate will come to your office. They will give them a walkthrough and give a kind of an experience they're looking for. But as soon as you get into a remote environment, you have to give a similar kind of an experience, uh, but but everything is on on video. So it just becomes very important that, you know, all our touch points, uh, which we do it with the candidate, are pretty much aligned to, you know, the kind of experience we want to give. And similarly, you know, we change other functions. You know, we have a well-being offerings, which we did, like we, we offer actually, you know, free massages, cook together classes, uh, meditation, yoga uh, to our employees, uh, which we had to completely actually change the direction and move into a remote environment. So I was actually looking for this discussion that, hey, you know, what we are doing in that uh, that area. So um, actually I pulled and went to the website and started looking at, hey, what we are offering tomorrow. So some of the things I can actually list uh, to you, tomorrow we have sessions like restorative fitness for beginners. We have oh, how, nice. to sleep, how to sleep better and faster uh, breath work uh, and toe tapping, uh, Pilates uh, remotely, and then yoga nindra, and then uh, yoga for intermediate to advanced. So you know, all these things which we were doing in person before, we just, you know, moved it to into the into the, into the remote world. Um, so I think I think we did a lot of things, in, including the same thing in onboarding and how to look at the data. How you know, so I, and all these aspects, we actually in in the HR function, we made a lot of small small changes to move to the remote world. Well, I'm interested in the yoga session that you're going to have tomorrow. It sounds like <laughs> something that I would like to really uh, attend. <laughs> Um, so, you know, it looks like uh, since you are kind of a digital first company and your strategy has mostly been digital first and people first, it was very easy for you to pivot and adapt uh, during this time. And um, technology wise, you already had technology in place to help you with this, or did you have to actually purchase new technology during this pandemic uh, to foster that human connection at work? Um, I think technology was already existing, but we did few projects and we had to, you know, move, we moved the projects faster and in, in a much faster pace. Um, for example, you know, we were doing, uh, we were moving from Skype for business to Teams um, anyway, but as soon as this pandemic hit us, we immediately actually moved our, you know, dates and everything. We fast forwarded and we did the implementation much faster. Um, so most of our collaboration internally and our medium for, uh, you know, chatting as well as, you know, video calls is teams within the organization. But we do use Zoom for our, you know, interviews and, you know, some specialist area. Like, for example, when we do our all hands meeting, um, we, you know, that we started actually doing globally. Initially, what we were doing was in the all hands spaces. Um, any leaders used to travel to India or Eastern Europe, they will do their whole on all, all, all hands meeting when they reach there. But um, the change we made is we started doing quarterly global all hands. So, and we started using chat box and Q and A course and webinar functionalities of Zoom and started doing all these all hand meetings virtually. And to be very frank, I think it was very powerful because you know, we have a whole leadership on the video and people can ask questions real time. They can send the questions much in advance. Um, so our engagement and transparency, what we bring, uh, it's, it's just on your fingertips. You're sitting on your laptop and you can see everybody in front of your computer. 
Uh, whereas in in case in the previous in the past life, um, you know, before COVID or pre-COVID, you know, somebody has to actually travel to those locations and do the all hand meetings whenever they're they're there. So I think to be very frank, I think the technology has given us an edge over you know being more effective and you know we can be more you know we can engage your employees in much effective way uh, you know in in these kind of programs actually at least. Wonderful. That's really good to know. Those are great insights. Uh, I've been talking to a lot of HR leaders who've been leveraging technology. So it's really good to know that this is something that has fostered better connection uh, during this time and that leveraging technology has really been uh, a great thing for your organization. So in the midst of all of this, what role do you think that the actual human connections work, you know, in fostering and scaling and innovation in the in the HR space, especially in an HR department uh, where traditionally we are used to being uh, very transactional and very uh, process first and process focused? Um, how do you think our social networks and social capital within the organization help us uh, guide and um, scale innovation in our department? Yeah, we are a, we are a bottoms up organization. We like uh, that we get ideas from every part of the organization. So whenever we do um, any kind of uh, events, so for example, when you're doing all hand meeting or when we were doing employee surveys or, you know, we are running actually like a well-being survey. We do send, ask employees what you are looking for. And this was no different than other times. Uh, we we ask our employees, hey, you know, what we're looking for. And uh, so we constantly get the feedback from the employees and we have the forums for that. Um, also other ways that our leadership meet uh, team started meeting more frequently than what we were doing before. So the combined you know, the brain power of all the leadership team, we were thinking how we can engage our employees, what we can do differently, how we can make sure they're, they're productive, um, how we can make sure our customers are not impacted, what tools and resources we can provide, uh, you know, to our employees. And for example, in, like any other company, we did do the home reimbursement program where we, you know, reimbursed a certain stipend to, uh, to employees to purchase and make your, their offices more productive. Um, uh, you know, people can you know, buy you know yoga mats if they, it helps them to be more productive, or people can buy a coffee, um, you know, a maker, and then people can buy you know a mouse or whatever they think is good and ergonomic chairs and tables and furnitures. So it really helped, and that came from the the feedback which we have received. We definitely looked at the you know a benchmark ourselves with other companies and what other companies were doing it, but we, this idea also came from within. Um, so that's another. We also um, uh, do a quite a bit of. Uh, uh, no, I do a lot of self learning. A lot of our leaders, and so we are reading and attending a lot of you know uh, sessions where we are realizing what other companies are doing. So that's that also gives us some of the best practices available um, in the market. So I think I think it it, it took a, a little bit uh, more efforts in the remote environment, how to get the feedback and everything else. But these days, you know, you can always run any surveys and everything, so you get the feedback. Uh, but I think those kind of an opportunities, um, and then we, you know, when you interact either externally with some of the, your 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 friends in your network or your colleagues in the office, and ask your employees what they're looking for, you can always create more ideas, and that idea can you know help you to be more effective in the remote remote environment. So this in this social, I personally feel um, uh, that this social you know 
in, you know, the whole social network is really, really helpful in this remote uh, world which we are living in right now. That's really good to know because, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of folks saying that technology might kind of hinder that um, that social connection and that human connection, but looks like you guys are doing great and you're using the data uh, to make the decisions. So you're using the data and the feedback from your employees to make the decisions. So that's really awesome and very insightful. So if you are an HR professional and you are trying to implement a new technology, <laughs> what do you think you should be doing? What's one piece of advice that you think yeah. you know, we should so follow? Let me talk a little bit on that topic. I, I'll see if, if this is one or more than one. But uh -huh. um, the thing is, um, I think don't follow what everybody is doing. So I'll give you a little bit like what I'm trying to say here is that like example, when we did move from a rating scale system to feedback-based system. Everybody in the world, you know, just moved to exactly, you know, the same, in the same direction. There might be a possibility that there is a better solution in the performance management area, which could be better than even, you know, the feedback-based system where majority of the organization moved. So one is, I think, you know, adopt things which work for you and your organization rather than just doing things and, you know, adopting a technology for the heck of just adopting the technology. So it should make sense uh, for your company or also make sense what you're trying to automate or what technology you're trying to do. That's one part of it. Um, second thing is what I, it, it, you, you should test and learn. So, uh, you know, sometimes what happens is in a lot of times we don't know, you know, what we need. And there are so much, you know, happening in the HR tech world. Um, I think it's good to sometimes you just test the model either to a small group of people or you know if you uh, like say for example if you want to implement OKRs in a company and you want to use a platform to digitalize that OKR implementation um, it's great that you take a small section of the organization and see how that works so test and learn is a great idea you know you can and then learn from okay, whether it's going to make sense culturally uh, because most of the technology implementations are, it's nothing to do with technology. You know, implementing technology is so easy. It's all about people. How do you change the mindset of people? And how do you make sure they are ready to adopt the changes which you're trying to bring into the organization? So, so it, in, the, in the whole process of the implementation of, you know, whenever you're doing anything on the HR tech or technology space or any other, it's not necessarily HR or maybe finance space or anything else, the most important thing should say, hey, it's, it works for your organization. And secondly, this don't do it because everybody's doing it. And then third is just test and learn and, uh, and see how it, you know, everything comes together and learn from your own mistakes. Um, Absolutely. But keep looking out. I think it's a good idea because you're, you're one person sitting in one you know, corner and you, you're part of only one organization, but there are millions of organizations globally so and, and and there are a lot of organizations who are focusing on HR tech and their platforms and products. So it's a good idea that keep abreast yourself is what's happening in the market and change your um, you know vision and strategy or whatever you're thinking about your function, the HR function, um, and, and then think what works for you and then you can adopt whenever you think is the right time for your organization. 
Mm. Wonderful. Great insights. And I do like the three-pronged approach to <laughs> adopting technology. That's really great. Thank you. So, you know, we've also been at not only uh, kind of trying to adopt new technology, but we've also been trying to uplift our employees and empower our organizations to lead and remain competitive in the global space, right? Um, what do you think we as a function, as a human resources function, can do to prepare our function for this increase in uh, this hybrid work where, you know, some of us are working from home, some of us are in the office, and some of us are doing both. We are going into the office on a few days and coming and working from home on a few days. What can HR do to help our employees kind of adopt to this new uh, workplace and, and, you know, maintain that, again, maintain that um, engagement and maintain that um, connection, the human connection amongst our employee populations? Yeah, one thing I think when you started, that's in hybrid world, I think a few organizations have started and globally where you are depends on, on the world. Um, offices have started opening. We as an organization wants to be you know, quite conservative. So uh, we want to learn from others' mistakes. So we will take some time to open the offices. Um, currently, we're thinking of opening in July. And probably if it pushes to August, September, I'll not be surprised. But uh, we want to do the right thing for our employees' safety. Um, but this COVID, whatever change has happened, this is one change which is going to be quite ingrained. And you will see organization, and we're already seeing that people, the employees will work in the hybrid model or a lot of employees, the roles which can be done from home, those kind of roles, people will remote move into remote locations. And that change is bound to happen. But when you do this change, I think a couple of things are extremely important. One is how you make sure that you maintain engagement level uh, at the same, like when you're in the office, it's so different. You know, if you need anything, you can just walk into a person and ask questions. Whereas when you're in the remote world, you have to set up a meeting or ping or use chat or use Slack and it depends what kind of a tool you're using. Um, yeah, in those, and, and you are not in the thick and thin of the organization. You're not around 200, 300, 400, depending upon how big is your organization. You're not in, among those people. You're sitting home alone. Um, and, and, and working. So it is, sometimes it can happen that people just start taking this as a job rather than it's a passion for them because it's just, you know, day in, do out, you're in the front of the screen. So I think engaging that HR can play a tremendous role in making sure they keep engaging uh, this employee population and making sure people who are remote are uh, being being looked at, like, looked at. And there could be, you know, there are different things you can do. Um, and uh, similarly, I think the other thing which is very important in them when you do is just, and you, you keep hiring new people also, and that will be possibility that these people are coming in your remote, different remote locations, and how you can make sure that your culture is intact. You keep the same, your value system and the culture and everything. So it's very important. So this can do we can happen through role modeling by senior leaders and making sure hr creates some fundamentals on how you know we can bring everybody together whenever it's possible um, you know how you can make sure that you know reiterate the messages of what your value system is whether at the time of recruiting starting from recruiting when you're onboarding and later you're assimilating and, and finally when you know employees are settled and they're assimilated but you know, you're reiterating those 
uh, facts about your value system and culture during all hands meeting. Um, so, so everybody and it also should show in your behavior because people only what they see is behavior. They don't see that how good you are and how good are you at you know at your heart. People don't see that. What people see is how what you show it to them and which comes in the form of your behaviors. So, so it is very important that role modeling is very important. All the leaders in the organizations have committed and uh, invested in making sure we keep the same culture throughout our, the organization. It doesn't matter where people are, but we should be still be able to touch their hearts and brains whenever you know it's possible. So that's actually basically what I I would say that you know we have a, actually we have a, a very very strong and important role to play in that. Absolutely, wonderful. Great insights. Thank you. So that brings us to the funner part of our conversation. <laughs> Not that it wasn't fun to now, but the funner part. Um, the question connection round uh, is to kind of get to connect with you. So tell us one person um, that you found in the HR technology sphere um, in the past year or so that you've connected with and you think everyone should know. Okay. I have a very big network, just to let you know. <laughs> I am, if you go my, to my LinkedIn, I have about 3,600, uh, you know, connections and I keep maintaining those connections. So recently I've not made a connection in the last one year because I already have a big network. Um, but one person I really admire in the HR network and especially in the Seattle space, he's um, he is actually a mentor for many of them, and I'm, I'm one of them actually, by the way. <laughs> His name is Dave Gardenberg. Uh, he actually was with um, Microsoft uh, for uh, more than a decade, and, and then he worked, I think, if I'm not wrong, about 12 to 13 years. Um, he was a general manager of, of human resources and worked there. And then after that, he joined a company called Slalom Consulting as a CHRO. And then currently he's with Evanard. He used to be a CHRO of Evanard. And I think he's taken a new role on the, as, a, as a transformation leader. He's one person, uh, whether you know it's about technology or people or overall HR, um, you know, people can connect. And definitely, I'm saying in saying this on <laughs> on this podcast or podcast. Um, uh, I, I hope he's not swammed with uh, you know when they listen to this. And, well, and, we are going to link this. him in the show notes, so we will link his profile in the show notes. So I I hope he is bombarded because if he's so yeah. good, we should all be connecting to him, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's very good. I think there are very few, there are more in my list, uh, and I, I actually uh, call it my board of directors. Uh, the way the board of directors, you know, uh, in, when you, in, the, in any company, there are board of directors, and mm -hmm. what you do is uh, typically is, um, what, what is the role of a board of directors? They don't run day-to-day -day operations of the company. They are a kind of a sounding board, and they are the people who give the direction to the, to the, to the company where they want the company to be successful. So I have a board of directors who, you know, if I need to, you know, bounce an idea or ask, hey, how should I manage? So I have a list of board of directors, say, but Dave Gardenberg has been one of the you know, top person in that list. <laughs> Thank you for sharing his connection. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm sure you mentioned you've been learning a lot with your leadership and you've been attending a lot of, uh, you know, online uh, sessions. What's one uh, LinkedIn learning or e-learning webinar within the HR tech sphere that you think everyone in HR should listen to and learn from? 
Yeah, the one, uh, the one I there are many of them. The one I really like is, um, and why I like it before I tell the name of the uh, this e-learning um, module, um, I like it because it's coming from a CEO. It is also coming from uh, a, a company which is I really admire. Um, and this this individual is a person who is actually delivering the session in this is one of the known CEOs in the industry. And he has very practical way of thinking about how, what leadership means. So this is actually one podcast, which the name is uh, um, of the podcast is The Three Pillars of Effective Leadership by Jeff Wiener. He used to be the CEO of LinkedIn, actually. Yes. Um, and uh, I this uh, actually particular program, the training uh, or whatever you want to call it, is, uh, is in LinkedIn learning. Uh, so anybody can go and, uh, you know, pull this module. And this, uh-huh. is, uh, this is a really good module. It's a very practical. His thoughts are very practical from his experiences over, you know, when he worked before LinkedIn and during LinkedIn, how he became an effective leader. And he continuously, because we are all our lifelong learners. So our learning never stops. Um, so his, his tone and messaging is very, you know, much the same that, hey, we, are, we learn from each other. We learn from the environment, you know, and, and this is one of the, uh, the e-learning I really like, actually. Yeah. Thank you. And we'll link um, that in the show notes for the audience as well. So favorite HR podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's again very difficult to you know tell one because there's so many of them. Um, but the one which I actually uh, listened to recently, I like the content of that because just because of the content uh, the person was talking about. So Josh Burshin, uh, who uh, was with IFM not with Delight before, or uh, yes. so he had his own um, you know. A podcast series and he talked about recently about microsoft viva uh, which is a platform and probably you must be interested because that viva, viva will do some kind of a documentation management too and that's yes. your if i'm not wrong yes um, so well really it's, like it's a little bit of that but yeah viva is doing a lot more than our platform so i was i was listening to satya nadella's um, release about viva the other day too so i'm very curious i will listen to this one yeah, so every, anybody interested just to know that how you can integrate uh, every aspect of your employee experience in the company, it's a platform which is created, whether they're productivity tools or the HR tools or communication tools, everybody's thing coming in one single platform and how it will integrate and give the experience to employees, um, which will be quite seamless. Uh, it's 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 you know we have to see how it will work out, but it, it sounds and it looks uh, on the on the primer PC really really good product. Yeah, I'm excited uh, about it. Um, one of my colleagues said she's scared about it, <laughs> but we'll see, right? We get both. Another reactions. one, I think. If anybody, sorry, sorry. About that. Uh, uh, if there is anybody interested in one, I if in and especially with the topic we are talking about is uh, you know digital transformation, uh-huh. uh, there is an. Uh, e-learning module again uh, in LinkedIn Learning, which is called uh, the crucial role of HR in digital transformation by Charlene Lee. Um, that is also a really good, um, uh, you know, e-learning to watch. Uh, it talks about how HR can be effective and make sure, uh, you know, 
we are delivering all the possible, uh, you know, facilitating the process of digitization in, in any company. So it's not about, uh, you know, technology. It's not about platform. It's not about, it's all about people and how you make sure you transition people to new technology. Um, you know, and, and I've been in, in my career at some point in time, I was an SAP consultant. So, and whenever you do any ERP consult, you know, implementation in company, it's you, you get a lot of resistance. Uh, and, um, and it's resistance is not because, you know, they have to, you know, use the technology. It is there, they're, you know, it's, they don't want to change their ways of working. They want to change the process. And they, it's, it's, so it's kind of quite a bit of change management, which happens whenever you're doing the. So I think this is a great, this is a great, um, uh, you know, session. If you want to look at the e-learning, the uh, LinkedIn learning is where role of HR, you will be able to play what the role of HR should and, be. And we'll link that in the show notes as well for the audience. So thank you. So given the upheaval of all things work, and life, what's one workplace trend that you think is here to stay? I think, I think uh, with this, I think remote working is not going anywhere. Uh, there are two few challenges which will come along with that, which we just recently talked about. Um, COVID has you know, completely changed the mindset of people in the organizations um, on remote working. I think with this change, um, the trust, I, I think trust will increase among manager and employees and organization and employees. Um, because I personally feel that um, this, the, because we, in the previous pre-COVID world and a lot of organizations who were not remote organization, like our organization, they were all used to of seeing people in the office and what time they come, what time they go and think. And, and in this COVID environment, people have, I'm assuming, have not thinking about it because you're working remotely, right? So um, I personally feel that, you know, the trust will become, you know, one thing which will be, you know, enhanced actually in this environment and this new world. Couple of things which I feel, and we have to still look at the research. What happens in future will get impacted. I believe um, one is I think uh, innovation is a possibility. Uh, I have to still look at the data, and data will not come at next until next two to three years probably, because you need a longitudinal data and a more long-term data uh, to look at what's what's going on in the organization. So to get a really good data on this. Um, we need to see, uh, you know, what the right time is to get the research. But I personally feel that, like, for example, if you have a team, and especially in like in the tech world, when you're working in these agile teams and the team of four, team of five, or team of 10, um, and let's say as the teams become larger, you will see that there are a few people who are contributing in the, in the meeting, right? Because, uh, you know, sometimes you're worried that, hey, you'll talk over with somebody when you're, when you're interacting or... Uh, it is also depends on the skill of the manager and the facilitator of the meeting that how much opportunity that facilitator is giving it to other everybody in the you know in who is in the meeting, and some people are also it's also to do with extroverts and introverts. So the introverts you need a little bit of nudge to you know to talk and share their ideas. Probably my experience has been that introverts actually have better ideas than extroverts sometimes and, <laughs> yes. and, and 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 especially uh, you know in the in the remote world what will happen is then uh, the more and more people a few people will be contributing more as compared to less so so i would see that some of the voices which needs to be heard would will not we will not be able to hear 
because of you know the dynamics on on remote so that's one area which could impact innovation in long term and we have to still see how it, um the second area which i think um is the engagement which i talked about before also that you know once you're let's say people move to hawaii and then you know <laughs> you 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 become eight to five kind of a job or you uh-huh. go to a and and then you say oh let, let me finish and then i will do more activities so i hope i i'm assuming i would like to trust the employees and they'll do the right thing um but i hope over time uh, the attachment and engagement with the organization could slow down again we have to see uh, uh, or we have to make sure that the you know as the you know leaders and hr professionals and whichever functions you are how we make our life of our employees so exciting <laughs> by giving more challenging work and you know uh, by giving them opportunities to grow and then you know we do see the same amount of passion uh, over time not in just like i right now to be very frank the data says that when we are working in this covid time people are working harder than ever um absolutely it's no uh, longer 9 to 5 right it's 9 to 9 yeah, or 9 to 12 yeah yeah people are working too harder but when this whole covid goes and when in that situation when you're working remotely it will be good to it will be i think we should see how this whole thing will change over time and how what research says in terms of the engagement level uh in the organization so i think these are the these are the two uh, things which i worry about rest everything is quite positive i think everything is positive uh, you know we have seen the productivity is um, is going up uh, you know and we're also seeing that um because of this 24 by 7 kind of an environment environment the productivity is good or bad i don't know but productivity has gone up people have Definitely, gone completely right it has risen <laughs> people are working harder uh, but one thing in covid time which is actually you know i in uh, another thing which is impacted during covid time i don't know what will happen which you know which will what will happen in future when the, there's no covid is um especially um you know uh, the um couples who both were working both spouses are working and they have kids from age of 0 to like 7 years uh, or 8 years that population is got impacted in this time the most and they have seen the burnout rates much much higher so i think every organization should think and you know how you can help you know this population because um in in you know the those people who are taking care of their without the help of school and without the help of child care uh, how these you know the, this couple is you know who is in this category of people how they they are taking care of their uh, professional life as well as their personal life um, has been impacted the most and then we have seen the burnout rate maximum in this population so it will be i think um, an like organization like ours is quite flex- flexible so you know nobody's saying hey micro managing or nobody is you know saying hey what you're doing like in my team to your friend in judy in my team actually delivered a baby during this time and then you know she you know i i like it's so hard i see that hey she balances act between you know the kid and the work and you know and as an organization we have been very flexible and see it doesn't matter when you work um you know unless you tell until, until you're delivering you know the right the whatever is been assigned to you uh, it, it's great um so i think that's one thing happened and uh, i think going forward when you know in the post covid world that challenge may not be there because the child care and um, all the other uh, avenues of uh, help will be available 
you know once all this this all is over and on the flip side of that even single parents like right so if if they're couples maybe they can kind of help each other out but if they're single parents the challenges have been so much Absolutely. bigger right so i Absolutely. definitely feel for them i do um so how do you enjoy giving back to the hr community i know you're engaged in a lot of other community activities right in the seattle area and that you know you network a lot how do you enjoy giving back i think the most effective way has been uh, through either you know presenting in a conference uh, and you know this is one medium which we are talking today that you know through the podcast or the podcast um that's another way to do it uh but i think i have seen a, quite a bit success doing one on one uh mentoring throughout and uh, and it, it is it is more of uh not like one time or you know two times or three sessions will help so i have i have few people who have been in touch with me for many many years and i've worked with them and mentored and you know, coached over time and i love you know they're doing really really well far better than what i'm doing today uh so i i like that um that you know i'm i'm able to give back to the community where i i have also learned um, i've also in the past when i was young uh, my my hair are gray now <laughs> <laughs> when i was young i used to actually you know write research papers and present it in the conferences and i have few publications uh, you know during my early career where i was able to present whatever whatever else i am learning with others so those are you know few other ways to to give it to the community but i the, the most i have enjoyed is um is the one on one where so that i can it's not just personal and professional it's just more holistic and it's more effective along them absolutely well thank you so much for everything you're doing for the hr community and and thank you so much for being on on our podcast today um if someone would like to reach you what's the best way to connect with you online i think these days the best is i'm going to still keep selling uh, linkedin <laughs> the way <laughs> okay. i started linkedin learning before i think that's the best way to reach out to me um um you know you can write to me and write a note um you know would be happy to you know interact and chat and uh, over over remote uh, you know zoom meeting or teams meeting whichever is whatever is comfortable to that person so i think linkedin is the best way to reach out reach to me yeah. wonderful well thank you again ritesh it's been a pleasure talking to you and learning from you i've learned a lot i'm sure my audience have really learned a lot from today's conversation and i'm so thankful that you were able to join us today so thank you Yeah thank you so much Jay I think it was wonderful to be here um I hope uh, I was able to give a little bit of wisdom I you know I don't know whether I have or not but I think it was it was um, really nice to be in this podcast thank you thank so you thank you thank you audience and we'll see you again with more global hr tech stories take care bye bye